Today we had very strong wind all throughout the day and even last night. Strong gusts, but also a fairly stiff breeze. And if you listen to the airplanes, even planes seem to struggle at times to overpower the wind. Or are they using the wind to use less power? It's a very interesting question. So the wind blows, the activity of change happens. Anicca, impermanence, mujo in Japanese. All of this brought me to reflect a little bit on something that came up when I read through some messages that I received. And one Zen practitioner who I have known for some time asked in a Zen forum, what about Zen and metta meditation? That's a very legitimate question. Very often it seems to me that people mistake Zen as something that is just to do with clarity. Clarity and seeing clearly, awakening, wide open eyes. But that's only half of it. Jihi, wisdom and compassion, are necessary. And sometimes it is really not so clear how does Zen practice develop that compassion. Is it just a byproduct of wisdom? Well, if we look around and we see the failings of certain individuals, of human beings, who were very clear about Zen, we would say, no, it's not a byproduct. But on the other hand, if we see practitioners who have both wisdom and compassion, we know it can come that way. But how do we get there? One of the folks who were answering that question said, well, Zen has nothing to do with metta. Sounds a little bit purist and one-sided, so we have to be really careful. And what that brought me to bring up tonight is that I would like to speak a little bit about the six perfections, the six paramitas. We don't really study them in Zen formally, but they're very important Buddhist concepts. I would say in Zen practice, there are aspects of how we dedicate ourselves to this practice. And ultimately, to answer the first part of what I have spoken about already, this is the way to develop metta, to develop compassion, and to open up one's heart. What are those six parameters? The first one, is the dana paramita. Dana, the giving. When you examine cultures that have a Theravada background, dana might be taken very literally. Even when you look in Japan and you see Zen monks going on takuhatsu and shouting ho in front of the houses and People come out and give the monk a gift, an offering. That is an expression of dana. When the Buddha, as it says, 
in the Diamond Sutra, in the opening, he went into the town of Shravasti to allow the people of Shravasti to exercise, to learn, to experience what it means to practice charity, as it is often translated. That is the Dana Paramita. Now, in formal Zen practice, giving, giving, giving is really important. What do we give away? Sometimes if we serve tea, we serve the tea and we give it away freely as the attendant to the Bodhisattva. Not only the Bodhisattva that is first served sitting inside the shrine of the Butsudan, but the Bodhisattva that sits in front of us, embodied, incarnated as a human being. When we bow, we give ourselves fully away, letting that self-consciousness, self-awareness, and ultimately selfhood completely drop, is how we, in formal Zen practice, practice the dana paramita. There's nothing against exercising the dana paramita in a physical way, of course not. If you have lots of money and you would like to give it to a temple, please feel free to do so. Or if you have something you don't use anymore that could be helpful to a meditation center, to a monastery, to a temple, please feel free to give it away. And with it, give yourself away as well. The second parameter is sila. Sila makes us often think just of the five silas that we know from Jukai, when somebody in the Zen tradition undergoes lay ordination or becomes officially a Buddhist, a practitioner of the Bodhisattva way. They take refuge to the three treasures, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, but they also accept from their teacher the five silas. These are formulated expressions of modes of being, of modes of manifestation that are helpful in developing clarity and compassion as a bodhisattva. I'm certain you all know them, Ahimsa, Asteya, Brahmakariya, and so on. I don't have to talk about that today. But in the Zen tradition, it's not just following those rules or maybe from a Christian background, Jewish background, Abrahamic background, commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Well, it's important for society to have these rules. But we see what happens when we attach to them. They are not meant to be just blindly attached to. They are expressions that came from the experience of the historical Buddha, of Siddhartha Gautama, after he awoke, presented to society for those who have not yet had such an awakening, or for those who are not really following this practice and doing intensive study of the self, 
It is helpful to have guidelines for society. But sila, ultimately, again, in Zen practice, is a manifestation that comes from the point of muga, of no self, of the non-attachment to self. Out of this, we can act ethically, appropriately, in accord with the way. That is the second perfection. Another perfection is kshanti, patience, forbearance. And as we get to see the third perfection already, it becomes clear that they are all facets of the same gem, the same clarity of living, the same warmth of existence. Forbearance is nothing like waiting for. Patience is not goal-oriented. But again, real patience, real forbearance is the full giving of oneself. So it is in itself the dana paramita. But to do it in a way that also is in accord with the way. So it is the sila paramita. Patience is nothing without the right energy behind it. That is the fourth parameter, virdhya. The energy, the passion, the life energy that we give to our practice is expressed in that fourth parameter. We can't be feeble. My first teacher, Genro Seyon, used to say in German, da darf man nicht zimperlich sein, which means you can't be tentative about it. There is no pussyfooting here. You can't give yourself away reluctantly or just a little bit. Anything less than 100% is not it. It's feeble. It is anemic. So virya. The application of energy to this is like the fortitude of the spiritual warrior. At the same time, it is the strength of heart of the Bodhisattva Avalokiteshvara, who is able to embrace everything, everybody, without fear, without doubt, without hesitation. four facets of the same gem. Jhana, the fifth parameter. Zazen, taking the time to reflect is taking the time to learn to shine, to recognize the light that makes reflection possible, to investigate, the other four aspects we have already heard about. Jhana as a perfection is nothing else than a specific way of setting the circumstances and the conditions so that clarification, purification if you'd like, and awakening can develop. When all of this adds up together, we reach the sixth parameter, 
which is prajna, hanya, wisdom, the wisdom that comes as an expression from the energetic application of dana, of giving oneself away, of doing it in accord with what is necessary, with the right aspect of forbearance, not giving up, not doubting, not only in Zazen, but in everything we do. What seems a pretty dry list of six parameters are a description of what happens when we fully practice. We could see them as a prescription of if you do A, B, C, D, E, and F, you will gain G. And already half of these perfections are not working. They are broken. And why are they called perfections, we might ask. We as Zen people, we know there is nothing that is perfect. Or when you say perfect, there is imperfect. But we should probably look at it, and English is an interesting language, because it gives me an opportunity to express what it could be that perfection means. When we practice, when we live fully according and following these various activities, we perfect our being here by being completely present. Without judgment, this moment will become past. And there is also something about a perfect tense. So whatever we do without judgment, following as closely in accord with the way, with the right energy, with giving ourselves away, with wisdom, is the perfection of living fully. And that is the path of the Bodhisattva. Clearly, we can't give ourselves away without feeling with and feeling for what seems in the beginning to be the other. But with the dissolution of the idea of a self, with the breaking up of a shell and of a construction that has hardened, that is called the self. Inevitably, all these sides of the same reality come together and reveal to us that there is no other. This is myself. And once we know this is myself, and we have developed the right perfection. Compassion flows like the wind blows. Sometimes stronger, sometimes not so strong, but always moving. I would encourage students of Zen to take the time to learn about metta meditation, about positive, conscious affirmation of positive healing feelings towards what seems to be the other. And to turn it into a koan that you repeat, may all beings be safe. May all beings be whole. 
What a wonderful koan. May all beings be well and safe. Sarva Mangalam.